Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 34 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with Marva Goss all about standing out in a crowded industry. We cover a lot of topics, including why standing out in a crowded market is so important, how you can figure out what it is that makes you different, and how you can build your visibility with your dream clients. We also tackle the question of why being visible is actually a benefit to your clients, and Marva gives us a couple of steps we can start taking today to stand out and get noticed online. Marva is the brand and content strategist behind Marva J Coaching Co. She helps female creatives position themselves as the go-to expert in their industry while building a brand that they're excited about. Marva is a veteran turned life coach turned strategist that encourages her clients to step out of their comfort zones to build an online presence that stands out from the rest. For more information, visit MarvaJCoachingCo.com. Hi, Marva. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Okay. Well, I'm Marva, and I own Marva J Coaching Co., where I'm a brand and content strategist. I'm originally from Florida. Um, I live in the D.C. area now with my husband and my three-major as I affectionately call her. <laughs> I started out um, in my business as a life coach to creatives and made perfect sense to me because my background is in counseling. And um, I realized that the work I enjoyed the most when I was with my clients was helping them navigate their issues with their business and strategy. So I left you know, a pretty comfy niche to do what I knew it was right and do what I love to do, which is helping female business owners build their businesses and doing that through branding and content strategy. Okay. So do you do the design for branding or do you just coach to help them figure out exactly what their brand is? So I do the coaching to help them figure out what their brand is. So the first thing we do is kind of go through their brand story and their values, their mission statement, really all of the foundation um, for their brand messaging so that hopefully when they go to go do their logo and the colors and all the secondary stuff, it makes the designer's job a lot easier. And it's just much easier to know what direction you're going um, when you have those foundational pieces out of the way. Right. And when do you like for your clients to come to you? Do you, do you prefer that they've been in business for a while and sort of have experience? Or is this something that people can do right away? Yeah, I prefer when people, I prefer either you're about to start a business because it'll save you a ton of money and a ton of time and frustration, um, or you're pivoting, you know, they're pivoting or they're relaunching something and they want to go in a new direction. The thing is, is what happens is people, you know, they go into all the things like the website and start getting their social media presence up and running and then come to me and that's fine, but it just makes it hard because we're trying to work backwards. And, <laughs> and so it just makes it more frustrating for them. And then, you know, by that time, they've already spent sometimes a ton of money 
and realized by the time we finished working together that this isn't really the direction they wanted to go. So, yeah, I would say either you are about to start a new business or you are pivoting, relaunching something. Um, that Those would be great times to come. So you don't waste a lot of your money and your time. Yeah, and I know when I design for clients, it's so much easier if they sort of already have an idea of their brand and their mission and the language that they want to use because it helps to inspire the way that I'm going to design for them so it doesn't feel like it's generic because I'm not, you know, because they don't know yet what all of that is. Yeah, definitely. It does. I've heard from so many designers like, oh my goodness, I'm sending people to you because it makes their job just so much easier. It makes the process easier when there's a direction already. <laughs> there are yeah. Ways. yeah. All right. So today we are talking specifically about standing out in a crowded industry. And I know a lot of the people listening feel like the industry that they're in, whether it's weddings or design is really crowded and they're kind of feel like they're shouting to the masses and hoping that somebody hears them. Um, so why is standing out in one of those markets so important? Yeah, I, I totally get it. I've been there. And the thing that you want to stand out because you want to capitalize on the things that differentiate you from everyone else, because that's what pushes someone to hire you over someone else in your industry. Um, standing out makes it easier for you to be found um, because there's something unique about your mission or your process that people can relate to or they like. Um, we've all heard people say things like people buy from people. And that's so true. That's so true. Um, people want to see you and they want to get behind your mission. We all like to feel like we're a part of something. And so when you can, that's why we do the brand work with your mission statement and your values and your why and all of that, um, because your tribe and your potential clients will join in and get behind you because they believe what you believe. Sometimes not even so much of what you sell. Sometimes it's just that they relate to you um, on a personal level. So that's why standing out is so important. It helps with obviously with your marketing and your visibility. Um, and it helps you to get more clients really when you have that secret, people call it that secret sauce. So you've got that stuff that's different from everyone else. Yeah, I think sometimes we're afraid to put out what makes us different, at least in the beginning, because we don't want to turn people away. We're so desperate to make money and feel like our business is working that we are like, we'll take anybody. I, I was there when I first started, but I've learned, you know, that if I can find the people who really want to work with me, then it's a much better fit. It's a much easier process and a lot more fun. Right. You don't have to chase people so much, you know, like, <laughs> when um, when you're standing out, when you're capitalizing on your differences. So. All right. So how can we figure out what it is that makes us different? So there's a couple things. I mean, we always get caught up in our, our unique selling proposition, you know, what's unique about your program or how you do it. And that's, that's very important. Um, but standing out usually is related to, it's, 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 your greatest selling point really is you. Let me say that. Your greatest selling point is you. It's your personality. It's your quirks. Um, and standing out in a crowd is usually related to connecting with people on an emotional level. 
it's something you've said or done that just hits them in their gut. Um, I've had people, you know, there's tons of people who do what I do. But for, as an example, I've had, I've written blog posts before and had someone say, well, I want to work with you, one, because I was talking about my faith. And so they were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, too. We have the same faith. And then, or they'll say something like, or you said something, you know, that was really personal on that blog post. And I related to that. And I knew I wanted to hire you. So sometimes it's our quirkiness. Sometimes it's your history. It's just you. What is it about you that you can showcase? And a lot of times it's the things that we try to hide because we get online and we try to showcase this perfect presence that doesn't really exist. Um, But when you open up a little bit, and it takes time and practice, and maybe share with people that you have issues with your weight or you have issues with, you know, your personal confidence and things like that. People relate to that a lot more. So when it comes to to knowing what makes you different, showcase who you really are. Because again, people like to buy from people and not so much from business entities. Yeah, I think that has been a big shift, you know, since the online business thing has really gotten more popular because before your choice was only to buy from a big business. And now we have so many more people that we can invest in somebody that we feel like could be a friend or that we know and we want to develop a relationship with and not just buy whatever it is that they're selling. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. People like that to feel like, you know, oh, you're somebody I can hang out with or you're someone I would love to have a coffee chat with. We really... We like that. We like to feel connected. So what would you say to somebody who feels like their personality or, you know, what makes them different isn't actually going to attract people to them? Like they're afraid to put themselves out there. Right. I would definitely say give it a shot. You never know. Um, We always have these conversations in our head that aren't necessarily true, you know, oh, they're gonna think this, or they're gonna feel this about me. And a lot of times people are a lot more compassionate than we think they are. And so the thing that you think will run them off may be the very thing that draws them in. But I also say, take your time with it. You know, if you don't feel comfortable just yet, you know, I'm not saying that you have to go out and showcase your entire life and your entire history, you know? (laughs) But maybe a little something for me, when I first started out, I didn't feel comfortable putting my family, like my daughter and my husband. I don't know why, I was afraid maybe they end up on a meme somewhere, circulating on the internet. (laughs) But but, um, when I kind of finally got over that, I would put things about my daughter, my relationship with my daughter, and people could relate, and my engagement went up. Or I talk about my marriage and how, you know, it's, it's been really difficult sometimes, but these are things that we do to kind of tough it out and to contend for our relationship. People engage with that more than they do the stuff I post about my business or my business tips. So I would say, give it a shot. Start small. What do you, what's a little something about you that you've never shared before? Um, Maybe you switch majors a million times in college like I did or something. You'd be surprised at the people who have also done that and that want to connect with you because you guys are just alike in that area. So I would say start small, but give people a chance. They're a lot more compassionate than we give them credit for. Yeah. 
So once we kind of know what it is that makes us different, how can the people listening build their visibility with their dream client? Right. I love this question. I love visibility stuff. Um, First thing I'm going to say is start, just keep showing up. Start where you are and keep showing up because it's so easy to get discouraged when you're not seeing the traction that you feel like you should be seeing um, and stop being consistent. But visibility really is about a decision to be seen, to be heard, to share your voice and showcase your expertise every time. Whether you're getting the traction you want to see right now or you get no responses, it's a decision to keep showing up. So that's the first thing I would say. The next thing I would say with getting in front of your dream clients, you really need to find out where they're hanging out online. And that's one of the beautiful things about Facebook groups um, is it's easy. You know, if you know this group is full of your dream clients, there might be like 20,000 people who kind of fit into the type of person you want to work with. So the next thing I would say is create a plan so you don't get overwhelmed with the Facebook groups and the showing up and being visible. So I have a visibility guide that I share with my followers and it walks them through really creating a plan to help them be visible and not get overwhelmed. So an example, okay, if you are in, you know, a million Facebook groups, first of all, that's too many, but choose three or choose three or four that you really notice, you know, these are the type of people I want to serve or these are the type of people that I really connect with and really engage with them because sometimes we think we're engaging, but we're really not. It's not really engagement when you come in and you're just doing all the talking, you know, and you're giving them a ton of information, but you're not ever asking them any questions. You're not ever creating any conversations with them. So choose three or four Facebook groups, really, really engage, ask questions, get to know the people in them. And then um, when it comes to, you know, doing your podcast pitches and trying to get visible um, that way, I would choose two or three podcasts to pitch to a month. Choose two people that you want to reach out to who are either maybe ahead of you in your industry or people that you see as like, you know, mentors in your industry and reach out to them. Create a plan where you start small, but where you can be consistent. You know, you already have something set aside. This is what I'm going to do for this month to get visible. I'm going to engage in these groups. I actually had a discussion with um, one of the groups I'm part of that they said that those people that we see come out of nowhere and they're super popular. If you pay attention, they've been in Facebook groups answering questions all along. It's just that, you know, they've been doing the work behind the scenes. And once you start seeing their name come up more and more in those groups, that's when their business really starts to grow. And I think that goes towards that visibility piece. It shows us that when we are visible, you know, we're going to see a return on that. It might take a while, but if we're working with the right people and really engaging, it does make a difference. I totally agree. And you're a hundred percent right. Like it is, it's the people who've been doing the work and not getting the recognition, you know, but they just keep showing up consistently. And I, I know that can get really discouraging. And that's why I suggest, you know, create a plan, choose three or four groups, choose, you know, if you're trying to get on podcasts, if you want to be featured on blog posts, choose one or two of those and just keep plugging at it every month, you know, so that even when you're not getting the traction that you think you should be seeing, 
um, you still have a way to keep going because you will see a return on investment. And sometimes the return on investment looks like, you know, people shouting you out in Facebook groups that you're the person being tagged as the expert when someone's looking for a service or a product. And yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. And I think it always surprises me when somebody comes to me and says, Oh, I've been following you, you know, for a year or something. And I'm like, I didn't even know that you knew who I was or that, you know, that you were there, but what we're putting out there really is getting seen. We just may not, you know, be aware of the people that are following us. Yeah. You made such a good point. I I was talking to a friend the other day and uh, she's a service-based business and she was saying how she's been getting new clients and they've been telling her, yeah, they've been following her for like two years. So you never know how close someone is to booking you or to reaching out to you. You never know where they are in that journey. So that's, you know, one of the reasons why it's so important just to keep showing up. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are struggling with sort of creating boundaries around what to share and what not to share? Yes. Um, two things. I'd say first, if it's something that is still um, a wound or it's something that's still hurting you, I would, I would not share that. If it's something that's more of a scar, like it's something that you look back at, you know, and now the pain isn't there and, you know, the residual emotions aren't there so much, but you know that this is something that would help somebody else, but you're not still negatively affected by it. Those are things, if you want to, you can share. Because I do get those questions when it comes to those really personal, you know, maybe traumatic things that other people can relate to, but is it okay to share them? And it really depends on where you are in the healing process when it comes to something like that. I would, I would make sure that I'm completely healed from that if it's something serious. Um, when it comes to other things, I say just start slow. Like my example, I was just starting out with my daughter and my husband, but that was a big step for me. And now, you know, I share a lot more, but I started small with what I felt like. So for you, that may be showcasing your, your day. That's one of the great things about stories is you don't have to necessarily post it, you know, on your, on your like Instagram feed. Um, but the people who are really interested in getting to know more about you, they're choosing to go look at your stories so you can delete it. Um, or, you know, you can really craft what you want to show people that day about your life. So I say start small, maybe something like a pet. If you have a pet, if you're not used to sharing that or, a little something about where you where you live or where you're from. Those seem like small things, but they lead up to you being able to share the bigger things um, that will help you stand out. Yeah. And I think you had mentioned this before about you get more engagement when you're sharing things that aren't necessarily related yes. to business. And I feel like we fall into this trap of thinking, if I'm talking to people that I want to hire me, I can only talk about business because that's what they want to learn from me, or that's the only way they're going to you know, know what I do. But it's a balance of sharing your life and who you are, but not forgetting to talk about your business as well. Because if we never talk about our business, people aren't going to know how to hire us or that we have openings. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I do, I always suggest to my clients to have content buckets. 
So have four, three to five different topics that you talk about regularly in your business and rotate them. So for instance, my topics are, of course, my content strategy, um, my brand strategy, my faith, and then my family. And so I'm always like filling those buckets up with little things now that I, that I can share um, or that I want to share about those different aspects of me and my business. Um, yeah, that really helps having content buckets so that you have a plan, you know, for when you're going to share what and have content that you can always rotate. Yeah. And I think having a plan really helps. And like you said, it sounds like you write down ideas as they come to you so that when it's time to post, you're not drawing a blank and decide, well, if I don't have anything to say, then I'm just not going to post it. Yes, I do that. I use Evernote. I love Evernote. And I just found out I use Trello as well, but I just found out Trello has like an Evernote integration so I can connect them. Mind blown. Um, But I use Evernote to like type down like all of my little things that come up when I'm just laying in the bed in the middle of the night, you know, just a thought or maybe something, maybe I needed some encouragement and I'm like, well, I'm sure my, my people need it too, you know, about business or whatever. So I'll type that up or something I want to share. And then, yeah, I try to go ahead and create my content in advance. It just makes your life so much easier. Um, every once in a while I'll do something on a whim, but I really like, I'm kind of an organized person and an A-type personality. So it's much easier and I don't get anxious about what am I going to post? What am I going to post when I've had time to set out and plot out my ideas? But that comes with having an overall plan as well for your content. It makes it much easier when you know what your goal is. So even if you're not, if you're launching something, then of course you want your content to work and in conjunction with your launch. But if you just are working on building brand awareness and building a tribe and getting out there, then that content may look different, but you need to create content that's, that works with the goal that you have for your business right now. And having that in place will make your content creation so much easier. Yeah. So you mentioned asking questions in Facebook group, not just answering or giving information, but what are some types of questions that we can ask that are genuine and don't feel like we're trying to get them to buy into us? You know, that we're going to send them a Facebook message and say, okay, now you should hire me because you answered my question. But like, how can we really be real in that kind of engagement? Um, You know, I saw someone post something the other day in one of the groups I'm in and she asked something like, what are, what's a topic that we all wish people talked about more in business? And, you know, there was a flood of comments and a lot of the, I think that's, that was a great idea where she did that because there are things that nobody, what is nobody talking about that you want to talk about? You know, those are always good questions to pose because a lot, nine times out of 10, if you're feeling it, somebody else is too. Um, if you're stuck trying to figure out, you know, how to grow your tribe or you're stuck trying to figure out how to get more clients or how to manage your kids while you're working, you know, your business during the day, other people have those questions too. So I think those are, those are some great examples, whatever it is, what are you struggling with right now? Um, what do you need help with? What's something, if you have an idea, you just want to bounce off of somebody, Um, those are all good questions to post in there to kind of get the conversation going and even popping into other people's posts 
into their thread and asking people to like, you know, further explain, like, if you don't quite understand their answer, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or maybe let's, let's set up a chat so we can talk about this some more. I'm interested to see what you have to say. I think those are really great ways to kind of segue into building a relationship because nobody likes to just be pitched to or just hear about your business all the time because these are people. They're people behind this business. They're people behind that computer. And uh, we like to be treated like people. We like to engage and build relationships. So, um, yeah, I would say one of the things, start with whatever questions you have because other people have them and your struggles and, you know, pop into some posts where people are already asking questions and, you know, kind of further expand on that. Or even sometimes I'll be like, hey, um, I love your answer. Let's you want to talk? You want to set up a coffee chat? You know, and that's been awesome for my business. So. All right. That's awesome. So how does getting visible and standing out really help our clients? How can we use all of that to serve them? Mm, standing out. Um, it's, it gives you a bigger platform. I think it gives you when you're growing your, your, your audience, it gives you more of a platform to say things that people who maybe don't have that audience don't get a chance to say, or it has a different impact. Does that make sense? When, you know, the more visible you are and you say something, um, because you have built that credibility because visibility does give you more credibility with your audience. It's, it has more of an impact when someone that we feel we look up to says it, then maybe someone who maybe is just starting out and isn't so visible. I think that's one of the ways that you can use your voice and use your platform for social issues or issues that are just important to you. Um, there's people who do this great Monique Melton. I really admire her for using her platform to talk about diversity and she really pushes diversity. And so when she talks about diversity because of um, how visible she is, I notice people take notice and they do these heart checks because of the stuff she says. And because she's trusted, she can say the really hard things. And sometimes it's a little more well-received because she's trusted. She's built that trust with her audience. Um, so I think that's a great way to serve your audience is by almost speaking up for them, speaking up for them when you have that platform. Right. Saying the things that are hard to say that maybe somebody else would be afraid of, you know, putting out there. But when you have really built trust, you can sort of start yeah, the conversation. Definitely. Okay. So what is one step that listeners can take today to start standing out and getting visible? The main thing I would say is to start sharing your story. Um, what bumps in the road led you to where you are right now? Were there a lot of pivots in your career and your business or whatever it may be? Showcase your humanness to us because no one else has your exact background, your skills, your interests. No one's family is exactly like yours. And a lot of times when we look at these people who are like the stars of the celebrities of their industry, it's not that they necessarily have to be the best at their craft or what they do. They're just the most vulnerable. They showcase the things that nobody else in their industry will, will showcase or will say. I know I'm sounding a little Brene Brownish here, but it's, <laughs> it's so true. Um, the more you own who you are 
and you're vulnerable and you show up and share your story and what led you to being where you are, the more relatable you are and the more relatable you are, the more trustworthy you are. And, you know, we all know that no light trust factor is so important when it comes to not just getting clients, but really growing your audience. So when my clients come to work with me, the first thing we do is we work on their story and we work on creating the messaging around that and how to leverage your story um, so that you can connect with people on an emotional level and grow your audience and your exposure. So another good example of this is Dana Malstaff from Boss Mom. Like she talks about how happy she was to be a mom, but she needed something outside of motherhood and she wanted to not feel guilty about it. So, of course, that's the the super condensed version of the story. But that's a great example of how using your story creates can create a movement and help you start standing out because other people feel the way you feel. They're just not in a place to say it. Or they're afraid to say it, you know, or maybe they've experienced what you've experienced, but they're not comfortable enough to share it. But when you do, they get behind you and they become a part of this movement that you want to create. Yeah, it's amazing when you open up a little bit about something you experienced or, you know, thoughts that you're having or things that you're struggling with. You know, you may feel like you're totally alone in that. But when you actually speak it out loud, there are so many people that raise their hand and say, you know, I've been there or I'm going through that too. And it's, it helps you because it's really like a support system, but it also helps other people because it gives them a voice that, you know, I'm not alone. Yeah. And it removes some of that shame, you know, that shame or whatever stigma comes with it that we kind of sit in when it comes to maybe our decisions or our feelings about something. And it kind of helps you to see like, there's, there's no need to feel bad about, about who I am. There's no need to, to, um, keep wallowing, you know, in, in my shame, I can kind of just stand up and be proud of even the mistakes I've made and, you know, know that it's kind of led me to where I am and hold my head up high because other people are, are in this with me. I'm not by myself. Definitely. Why is serving your clients and customers well so important to your business? Well, great customer service always seems like a no-brainer. You know, we talk about it all the time, like when we're at restaurants and we go into these retail stores. But sometimes as just small business owners and as online entrepreneurs, we totally forget about that. And I hear more and more small business owners talk about the horrible experiences they've had. And I've had some horrific experiences. Um, And those Bad customer service um, leave you feeling two things. You you feel like you should have spent your money somewhere else. And two, you feel undervalued. And those are not feelings that you want your clients to, or your customers to have. So, I mean, I've spent a ton of money and felt like this person is treating me like me and my hard-earned money that I saved up to purchase their services are irrelevant. And I'm their client. And... It's, it's heartbreaking, especially when, you know, you feel like you've connected with the person and they get you and you get them and this is going to be great. So exceptional customer service and client experiences are, are just easy ways to lock in a great review and to get people to market your services for you because they felt valued and they felt like you care about them. And those people will sing your praises online. 
I read something a few days ago that said like 60% of consumers trust word of mouth more than any other method of marketing. So your customer service and your client experience and serving your clients to the best of your ability is so important if you want to grow your business because they become your marketers when you don't even have to pay them. So this is, you know, this is something that you can also leverage to stand out in your business. Like what make, what's different about your client experience um, and your service from the other people in your industry? Because that's important too. That helps keep you visible as well. When you have this, I know people say secret sauce, but when you have even the secret sauce in your, your client experience that other people don't have. And this doesn't mean you have to kill yourself um, to serve your clients well, but a lot of times the best things you can do are in the small details. Pay attention to the small details. Make the process easy. Keep the lines of of the communication open, go ahead and set the expectations for how often you're going to talk or how often you're going to meet or how the process is going to work. Those things make such a big difference. And sometimes we drop the ball on that as small business owners. So, um, yeah, that's my take on that. It's incredibly important to grow your business. And then no one likes to feel undervalued. Yeah, I, I was, at a restaurant with my husband recently and like the food was okay. It was, you know, it wasn't the best thing I'd ever eaten, but it was good. But when we walked out, what we talked about was how well they served us, Mm. how attentive they were, how fast it was. And like that was more important and what stood out more than the food. Exactly. It was how they treated us. Right. And so that's, that's a great point because sometimes, especially if you're just starting out or what, even if you're not starting out, you're human. So sometimes we make mistakes and people are um, a lot more compassionate when they know you're trying and that, you know, they she's done all these things in these other areas so well. I'm going to just not even pay attention to this. You know, they're a lot more forgiving when the service has been great. Yeah. And I was thinking back to when you talked about like looking in Facebook groups and asking questions, I think sort of using those questions or using Facebook groups to figure out what is falling short for other people in your industry in this area is a really great way for you, A, not to make those same mistakes and B, to really figure out how your clients want to be treated so that you can do better than all of these people that feel like they have been, you know, just undervalued by the people that they've paid. Yes. So true. Like there's so much value. I know I hear people say all the time they're over Facebook groups. I get it. But (laughs) there's so much value because you have access to tens of thousands of people and their brain and their emotions and how they think, you know, it's like that social listening. You can go in and just listen to what their needs are and their frustrations and go in and meet that need, you know, in your business. So it's just changed. It's just completely changed the game. I mean, I can't even imagine doing things like before the internet was available. And it's like, so how did they find out what their people want? Like, how much harder was that to try to find out what do these people want and how am I supposed to get it to them? And now it's just like you literally all you have to do is log into a computer and the world almost is at your fingertips. So I love it. Tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. 
Um, okay, two things I'm loving. First, I'm loving my mastermind pod. This is my first mastermind. And so the ladies, it's so fun. The ladies are so support supportive and it's amazing to see what people are willing to do for you if you just ask for what you need. And that's something I haven't been good at. And now I'm realizing like, maybe if I would have just, if I just spoke up and said, you know, I need support around this or advice around this in my business, that people are very generous. Um, it was so scary because like these, I didn't know it. Of course, I didn't know any of these people. And I was just like, how deep is this going to go? You know, are we going to be best friends and this is over? But these people now know more about my business than anyone. And I'm so glad I joined and I've really led them behind the scenes of my life. And something else I'm loving right now, I'm loving my pivot. I Like I talked about in the beginning, I pivoted away from life coaching, which is great. It's just not for me in this season. And more into the, you know, brand strategy, content strategy side. And I absolutely love it. I I love words and I love, you know, great brand messaging. And those are, I'm like a nerd out over those things. I have all these books and this is what I spend my time on when, when I'm not doing anything. And um, I love content strategy. I just, I absolutely love what it can do for your business or for your personal brand if you're building that. So I'm so excited about both of those. All right. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? So I'm planning on rebranding spring 2018. And um, I'm just, you know, with the pivot and learning more about myself and my audience, my current branding just doesn't suit me anymore. And I've outgrown it and um, I, I, I've, shifted, I've shifted to something that's more suitable for me. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm so excited to see what comes out of that. And to right now, I, right now, I feel like my current branding doesn't really showcase my personality so well. And so I'm excited to have a visual presence that really mirrors who Marva really is and because I, I feel like my current branding just doesn't do that. So I am so looking forward to that. Y'all be on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs> we will be. It'll be exciting. I love when people really get into a brand that represents who they are instead of feeling like I think a lot of us start out and we think we have to do things the way everybody else is doing it or, you know, what right. is trendy. And once people step into that brand that reflects them, it's just, you can see who they are and it lights them up and it's it so is. exciting. It is. It makes such a difference even in your confidence, you know, cause I've seen people go through this rebrand and it's like, they're a whole new person. I'm like, who are you? You know? And it's all because they feel like they're really being properly represented online and all those pieces are really important. So, All right. So where can people find you online if they want to connect? Yes. Come over to www.marvajcoachingco.com. And I'm usually on Instagram the most. It's My handle is at marvajcoachingco. And I love to see you over there. Come chat. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of great information and practical things that people can really start putting into practice. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this, Samantha. 
Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.